before we start. Many congratulations, John Didulitsa, uh, on a tremendous new ebook and um, what a worthy time. And more importantly, what an important story that needs to be told and you're telling it. And uh, I wish you every success with it. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm very well, George. Glad to be able to join you guys to discuss, you know, the kaleidoscope that is our game. Well, it is a kaleidoscope and there's so much that we don't remember or we don't know or we've forgotten. That's probably more important. Um, what possessed you? What was the drive? What was the catalyst get to get this the book up? Yeah, I think it's something that I've been thinking about for a while. I, I think a lot of the a lot of these sorts of stories are things that we exchange informally, like at cafes, over <laughs> dinner, when we catch up at games. You know, we're always talking about these really funny or quirky or um, interesting moments, these great characters. Um, but we always always land on the deeper resonance that a lot of them have. And they're, and they're not just funny stories or throwaway lines, but they're actually deeply entrenched in what it means to be Australian. And... I was just thinking about the best way to actually tell that story. And that was in my mind, how do you actually tell that in a really engaging, interesting way? And then there's the, the notion of building it around, you know, eight games of football um, and pulling out stories within Australian culture um, that would, would demonstrate how important football has been to shaping and reflecting modern Australia. You know, I think, you know, as I argue in the book, more so than than any other sport, um, and certainly it's been sidelined for you know well over a century as a part of Australian life. And what we've sought to do over many years has been to change who we are, to try and fit in. Mm. But we need to realise that we're not going to fit in. The, the the people that hold the power in all these areas, they don't want us to be. Um, on level terms with them. Um, but we, so we have to be ourselves. Let's just be proud of who we are, warts and all, for better or for worse. And my bet is that it will resonate authentically with all the millions of people that love the game. So that's the direction we need to go. No, no more of this appeasement, trying to pretend we're someone we're not. We are who we are. And importantly, it goes beyond just a nice Savlaki or a Chivapi roll. Like <laughs> what our contribution is, is not just some good smells at a barbie. Yeah. It is deeply shaping the Australian nation. And that's what I've tried to touch on in the book. There's eight themes of Australian life that can be told through football in a really authentic, engaging way. And you've also added another dimension to it by bringing uh, the forward, the man himself, Ange Postacoglu. He, he can do no wrong at the moment and long may it continue uh, he's written a beautifully, um, uh, a beautifully touching uh, intro, which I think is yeah. so right and so proper and uh, reminds us all of how important it is to know where we came from. And I'm just wondering, uh, you've had some – your story, your personal, your family story is a, is a very strong one it's, and it's gripped you forever and a day from your grandfather and all the people around him that allowed you and brought you into the football club that you grew up in when you were growing up in, in Geelong, in that areas, those areas there. Is this written as sort of a, not as a salve, as a, as a thank you to, to all those people and the people who remember your grandfather and others? Yeah, that, that's a really lovely way to put it, George. I think that, that's a really nice way to put it in terms of, you know, my parents and my grandfather's friends and his other sons and daughters and, and how we built a really 
vibrant community that had football at the centre of it, you know, and to be able to show all them that what they did doesn't go unnoticed is that it lives on in us and lives on, hopefully will live on in our children as we build these clubs. And to the Ange point, I, I think, you know, I'm really proud that Ange chose to write mm. a dedication within the book because he really articulated this notion I won't say first because it's something that a lot of people have discussed, but Ange is the head coach of the national team as probably the most resonant spokesperson for a while was always putting this at the front and center of every discussion he had around the game is the need to be proud of who we are. And he tried to get that onto the pitch is that we're going to play, you know, a quote unquote Aussie way mm. and get results on the global stage. That's what he aspired to achieve. Um, so a lot of, you know, my inspiration, in putting something like this together and thinking more deeply about these issues came from you know, not my, just my personal story and the sacrifices of all the old, you know, people that came into Australia post-World War II, but of people like Ange who had the courage to stand up and, you know, had the courage of their convictions to pursue this. Um, and, you know, like everyone, we're just so proud of what he's achieved and the legacy that he's built in Australian football too. Look, I, I, I love also very much the fact that you've gone back and you, you talk about federation. It's a chapter. It, it's a segment. It's a, it's a part of the book that enriches so many people that uh, weren't born in those days and don't remember. And some of the characters that you bring to light and shine a, a, a big light on, uh, John Moriarty, Charlie Perkins. Now, they're people that resonate with me because I, I knew them. Uh, they were big characters. And one of the most wonderful things I can remember Charlie saying to my father when uh, he used to bring his car in to get serviced at Redfern where Dad had a service station, was that he, he loved the community, loved Panhellenic. He never had a problem with the multicultural Australians. He always <clears throat> felt seriously compromised by the Aussies, mm. you know, the, yeah. the so-called Skippy. He felt there was this huge, um, uh, not a blip, but a, a, but, a, but a step that he had to get around. John Moriarty tells how he felt seriously un-Australian, especially when he went to Europe. And, and you tell the, this story. People need to read it, need to, need to get a sense of just how difficult it was for these two young men who were firebrands in the fact that they had serious talent, but they also had a very special uh, spirit inside them that... Yeah. Re that encourage them above all else to stand up and do something more than yeah. just play the game. And that's really important, George, because I think of all the chapters, um, the one on the First Nations people is the yeah. most moving for me, like the stories of John and Charles that you've, you've spoken about. And one, I think it operates on two levels. The first is it was the ethnic communities that embraced them as equals, which was something they did and not receive. Them. And paid yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh. it's, it, they were happy to be paid. Yeah. They went to play Aussie rules. They weren't allowed to be paid. They had to change, get changed in separate change rooms. Whereas the ethnic communities at the soccer clubs took them in, treated them as equals. But what that did, when they were a part of all these local communities, all, all, the, t all the stuff you read says that what that... So A, it gave them that, that respect that they hadn't had previously, but B, it unlocked in them this sense that they were part of a bigger world. And that in turn gave them the fire to start advocating on behalf of their fellow Indigenous Australians. You know, my favourite line in the whole piece oh, of research that yeah. I did was Charles Perkins, was the, he was the first Aboriginal man to graduate from university. And guess how he, he graduated from his fees? Yeah, for his football. From, it was, it was, 
Yeah, through football, yeah, yeah. through Sid Panhellenic, yep. um, paid for his fees. Um, Branko Filippi, the coach of at the, the the president of Adelaide, Croatia, paid for his airfares. Even though he was going to play in Sydney, he paid exactly. for his airfares. But, but moreover, the inspiration for him to become that person who in 65 graduated from university, in 67 led the referendum that led to um, Aboriginals being recognised federally in the constitution was him when he was overseas in England playing for Bishop Auckland yeah. and he had a game at at Oxford United and he walked around the Oxford I think called Cambridge and he walked like Oxford and he walked around the campus just admiring the buildings and the history and all of that and, and said to himself, I'm gonna graduate from university one day. So he goes back through the power of football, he sees that, comes back to Australia, through the power of football, pays his way through to graduate from university and have this wonderful story. So why isn't that celebrated? Why why isn't why, why isn't that on a why isn't he on a twenty dollar note? Um, like you know, the other story that I love is the sixty seven Vietnam Socceroos. Oh, yes. Um, and you know we don't send you know we didn't send Collingwood and Essendon players to the middle of Saigon and drop them in a war zone to play a tournament, did we? We dropped twenty one Aussies from all parts of Australia who were more often than not average age of about twenty or twenty one into that place to represent Australia, you know? So there's all these stories that we know and what I really wanted to do was tie them under a central thread, you know? Actually, funnily enough, a lot of people don't even know these stories, which is interesting. I think people maybe who are living the game, you know, 24 seven might, might know it, um, but tied under this natural thread about how important football has been to Australia oh, yeah. and how it reflects the journey of different parts of Australia. So the indigenous stuff isn't about us saying, look, we're the right, we're the rightful sport and we've we've you know unlocked Charles Perkins. It's about saying the the journey of indigenous culture is very is parallel with the journey of Australian football, is that we're constantly excluded at every step when we try to do the right thing and give an olive branch to what you know nominally is described as mainstream Australia, we're just rebuffed. You know, that they, they sought constitutional recognition a few years ago, rejected. The same way footballs tried to become you know, and equal to the other sports, and we just constantly cast aside. You know, when you're a, when you're a soccer player and you dive, you're a cheater. But when you're a cricketer and you appeal for a decision, you know, <laughs> not out. You just you're, you're a wily. You're playing by your wits, and you're a wily customer. Yeah, it's you know, so there's all these that, yeah correct. Yeah. They're just yeah, different yeah. manifestations of gamesmanship. But when we do it, we're somehow un-Australian, and that's the theme that we've all experienced again and again. So with this book, what I've tried to do is put all these stories together under this theme of, you know, let's, 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 you know, not, it's not so much a manifesto or a movement, but it's just about saying, let's have pride in who we are Absolutely. because we've done a hell of a lot for this country and we deserve to be treated on an equal footing with not just sport because, you know, football's so much more than a sport. This is a, it's a cultural pursuit. It's part of our lives. It's not a code. You know, people say, oh, we're a football code. We're not a football code. We're a way of life. And that's how we need to organise. That's how we need to support the game, and that's how we need to um, see ourselves. Yeah, people need Bit to read this book. Sorry, boys. People, no, no. <laughs> people need to read this book uh, of all ages because you tell the wonderful story about Moriarty being selected for South Australia, being good enough to play for Australia, but being pulled aside by the management at the time and saying, um, um, "I don't know how to tell you this, but you can't travel without a permit." Yeah out of the state yeah. and yeah. it's not up to us to give it to you it's up to the australian government of the day it's shocking stuff and then there's the other element uh when uh, we, we we got a go we got a bundle of fabulous players from europe in the late 50s 
and uh, early 60s. One of them was a guy called Leo Baumgartner, who was a, just a, a marvellous player. But you also tell us that he was one of the reasons why we were banned <laughs> from the world. Great story, John. Great story. It's great. So, you know, we talk about federation. We talk about major sporting events and how the Asian Cup has never gained traction for what a great event it was. You know, we talk about gender equality and how the Matildas are the living, breathing symbol of what women have had to endure um, in Australia over the past century. Um, so there's a lot of those themes that are quite, you know, central to Australian life, but viewed at through a, a footballing lens. So I hope people who love both football but have an interest in broader social matters will get a kick out of it. Here's the sizzle. Christmas is coming up. Right. Reading is a great thing. Yeah. Now, how do people go about and get the book, John? Uh, Amazon. Amazon? Just jump on Amazon. Google Football Belongs and I'll search, do the search. Chuck Football Belongs in the search. And there's an ebook for $9.99 and a paperback for nineteen seventy nine. So nice at afford, nice price point, George. <laughs> and more importantly, it belongs to be in every library, every sporting library yeah, in the country. Right. So bravo, mate. Terrific stuff. I think and we'll have to get a, a copy for the green room here at and why not for the waiting yeah, room? Yeah, have, have it up. We've got a nice little collection. For all our guests who, when they arrive and, and, and allowed to wait well, in, the, in the actual room, not virtual, they can read this, a segment each. Uh, and by depending the way, on what they're uh, talking about, maybe brush up on some things before they go. Correct. On. Now we know that you've got a, a schedule. You've got to get away. But uh, it would be remiss of me if I don't ask you, uh, mate. You've made a major s- switch. You've. I, re- I remember you when you started at Melbourne Heart. Uh, you then went to the PFA, and now what's this? You're, you've just crossed the street, and you're looking after Melbourne Victory. I've escaped to victory. <laughs> um, I've seen the movie. Stop it, Ray. Uh, it's a great movie. It's a great. Now look, we're looking forward to it. You know, we're all looking forward to the start of the season next week. Um, so much positive momentum, I think, sits behind the A leagues at the moment, on and off the field. So I think, probably like everybody else, just really looking forward to round one. The buzz is great. Have you? What have you made of the uh, the the Network Ten uh, ad that they played straight out of the Melbourne Cup? You wouldn't have imagined that in the past, would you? Yeah, it's nice. No, it's great. It's as I said, uh, I do sense some positive momentum. Sometimes you're probably more attuned to it because you're working in it. Um, but certainly, compared to recent seasons when I have been working in it, I, I, a lot more positive about where things are and. Um, we're going to members function on Monday night. We'll answer some questions there. And then all the talking will be done on the pinch, pitch in a couple of weeks, mate. So we can't wait. Oh, look, that's fantastic stuff. Well, we know Johnny's got to go. But, uh, JD, this isn't the last we're hearing from you. Next week we'll, uh, we'll get you in Special. the studio for uh, an If You Know yep. Your History deep dive. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. I think Paul's going to move really so that, so he's going to probably give me a six love, six love, but I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> He'll give you a grilling, I'm sure, of it. JD, yeah. it's a fabulous book. We encourage everyone to go out and get it. Football Belongs, Eight Matches That Explain Australia. Thanks so much for making the time. Uh, thanks for the time, guys. All the very best.